We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Today we are continuing our journey um, through reading the Apostles' Creed. Uh, the Apostles' Creed is something that we as a church have agreed to believe on. Uh, and uh, today we come to that portion uh, of the statement, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church and the communion of saints. Uh, that is what we're going to be focusing on today. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church and the communion of saints. Um, and again, I just as a footnote, I want to remind us when we are saying, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the word Catholic here doesn't mean the Roman Catholic Church, uh, but, uh, but the word Catholic means one church, that we believe in the Church of Christ. Um, that is what we are confessing as a church uh, together. Uh, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church and the communion of saints. <clears throat> it's just a footnote uh, for you to kind of hang on to today. Um, so I heard this statement a couple of months ago, and, uh, and when I heard this statement, I felt like uh, launching uh, a business venture. You know, when you have an idea, you feel like this can sell. You know, you can make some money out of this. So um, I wanted to make t-shirts um, or maybe sweatshirts with this logo, and uh, I was so excited uh, that I haven't done it yet. I'm looking for a few investors. If you all are interested, let's, you know, it's going to be a pyramid scheme. If you sell 10, I'll give you 15, you know. We, we can work out a deal. But here is the phrase that I want to print, right? Here is what it is. <clears throat> Ready? We're going to make some money, church. I'm telling you. This is going to sell. You ready? Yes. All right. Don't let hypocrites keep you away from church. Don't let hypocrites keep you away from church. Don't you think that'll sell? Yes. Actually, this is not mine. It's actually Cliff Reed is the one who told this to me. He was talking to his niece uh, about church, and, and she was kind of complaining about church. It's filled with hypocrites and stuff like that. And this is what Cliff Reed said to her and just stuck with me. Don't let hypocrites keep you away from church. Right? We hear so many people complain about the church. They say, oh, the church is filled with hypocrites. And I guess there's some truth to that statement. There really is some truth to that statement because church is filled with broken people. You know, we are all sinful people, you know, and this is something that we've been talking about for the couple of months, a couple of weeks ago that, you know, we are all sinful. We are in need of God's grace. And like, honestly, if you had a camera and a microphone and followed me from the time I woke up to how I interacted with my kids, my family, um, you know, especially if you are sitting next to me and I'm driving on the turnpike, and the guy in front of me is going 70 miles an hour in the left lane. Why? 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 Say, anyway, no, I will, I will restrain myself, right? You will clearly, clearly find out one thing that is true about me is, yes, I'm a little bit of a hypocrite. And you know, what I say, what I preach, sometimes I don't live it out, right? Sometimes I don't live it out. But this I confess. This I believe in. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church and the communion of saints. What does that mean for us? What does that mean for each one of us to say, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church and the communion of saints? When I think about the church, two words that come to me the way I describe church. These two words are, 
are kind of, is how I would define a church. It is broken and it is beautiful. Church at times is broken because broken people are there, but at times you see that it is beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. Church is both. It is beautiful and it is broken. They're both together, tied in together. The other day I was listening to a young adult. Um, she had just graduated college um, and she was talking to me about her church. She was giving a testimony and she said, church, when I think about my church, I see the face of Christ. Imagine that for 20-something college graduate to say that. When I think about my church, I see the face of Christ. And she went on to tell the story that when she was younger, uh, her family was in a car accident. Both her parents uh, got hurt. Um, and she tells the story, when that happened, the church showed up to our house. They helped with meals. They would babysit them. The, both the parents couldn't drive to doctor's appointments. Church members started taking them to different places and appointments and all that, and they all showed up. Church showed up in their time of need, and she looks at church and says, Church, when I see my church, I see the face of Christ because that's what Christ would do. And then I spoke to another lady about church, and she told me, and I was inviting her to be part of our church, uh, and she said, I, I don't know if I want to come to church again. And I was a little surprised by that. And we began to talk about why. And she began to tell me her story. She said, in all my life as an adult, all my life, I've lived my life. I said, church is the place where I felt judged the most. When I walked in, I felt like people were looking down on me. Church is where people criticized my choices. They spoke ill about me. I don't know if I want to do church again. Church is where people are hurt as well. Church is both a place of beauty and a place of brokenness as well. And yet, today we proclaim, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. The Church of Christ is called to be holy. The word holy means set apart. The word holy means that it's associated with God. When God proclaimed that he was a living God, he said, I am holy, be holy as I am holy. When you open the book, the Bible, the first book, the word holy appears, that God set apart a day and called it holy. You read all through the Bible and you go to Je Revelations chapter 22 and you still see the word holy in that chapter. Everything about our God that we worship is called to be holy. When Moses and God had that interaction and the burning bush, God says, this is holy ground. When God called the people of Israel out of slavery into a land of promise, he said, I am your God. I am holy. Be holy. And God calls the church to be holy as well. That is our call. We are called to be holy. And yet, we are broken and beautiful at the same time. So how does a church function as holy when we are all broken together? 
St. Augustine, uh, he was talking about this, and he is a, a theologian. He lived many years ago, um, and um, he talked about the holiness of church, uh, and he kind of compared the church to the parable that was um, written, uh, that was told by Jesus in Matthew 13. This is what we read. This is, these are Jesus' words. And he compared the church, the kingdom of heaven, this way. This was his parable. The kingdom of heaven, I'm reading from Matthew 13, 24 to 30. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came, to, came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, the master said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you uproot the wheat along with them. Let them both grow until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the weed and into the barn. Here we are reminded that ultimately the person who does the judging between the wheat and the weeds is God. It's not for us to judge another. It is not for us to look down on another or to condemn another. Yes, we are all seeking to be holy and we are seeking Jesus, but it is ultimately God who does the judging. It is not for you and I. Our goal as a church is not to kick certain people out, but to continue to love them and let them live, let them be, because ultimately it is Jesus who is going to separate the weeds and the wheat. Yes, we are called to live holy lives. We are called to be set apart, but it is not our right to judge another. So let us strive to be holy in all that we do. So how then shall we live? How do we pursue this holiness? It comes to us from uh, Ephesians chapter 4. This is Paul writing, and he, these are his words. This is what he's telling the church of Ephesians to do. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love, eager to maintain unity of the Spirit and the bond, and the bond of peace. For there is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And he gave apostles and prophets. So Paul is writing to this church in Ephesians, and he's essentially telling them how to live, how to live this holy life, how to live in communion with each other. And he starts off by saying these words, I therefore a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. 
Paul identifies himself as a prisoner. And the irony of him saying that he's a prisoner of the Lord, when Paul is writing these words, he's actually in prison. Paul knows what it means to lose all your freedom, what it means to be in prison. But here, Paul is saying that he is a prisoner of the Lord. He's saying that he is giving up his rights in order to follow Christ. There's a lot of things that Paul could have done, but he's saying, I'm giving up those rights so that I can seek God, so that I can walk in a manner worthy of my calling. What does it mean to walk in a manner worthy of our calling? Does our walk represent the one who called us? The way we handle ourselves, does it represent the one who called us? Does our talk represent the one who loves us no matter what? Do we reflect the love of God in our talk? How about our thoughts? Does that reflect the one who called you? I want us to pause and reflect on these words. Are we walking in a manner that is worthy of the calling that we have received as God's children? And we are supposed to live all this doing this with humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love. That's how we are called to live as a community, with humility and gentleness and patience, bearing one another in love. I had a buddy of mine, he's one of my best friends uh, growing up. He was extremely sarcastic. Um, and uh, he, had a, he, had a, he had a sharp wit and a tongue. You know, he was quick with responses, but he was extremely rude. He was so rude and so annoying. And I'd be like, dude, like, what are you doing? Stop. He's like, I'm just telling the truth. It's like, come on, right? Sure, you're telling the truth, but here we are called to speak the truth in love. You don't have to be truthful just to put somebody down. We can be truthful and we can care for one another and love. And one of the things that Paul tells us to do here, that God's holy word is telling us to do here, is to bear one another in love. When I think about the word bearing one another in love, um, the image that I have is, um, is caring one another, giving one another a piggyback ride. Right? When somebody falls or falls down, or does something, we're not there to condemn them, but we're there to bear one another in love. We're there to pick one another up and walk along with them. That is our call, friends. That is our call. And why are we to do this? Why are we supposed to be patient and gentle and reflect the way we talk and the way we walk, the way we think the way God wants us to do that. Why are we doing all these things? It is because God tells us when we do that, the work of Christ is built amongst us. The work of Christ, the kingdom of God is built in this church when we live this way. 
So friends, this morning I want to invite you. I want to invite you to this church called Mount Hope, where it is beautiful and broken all at the same time. But let us all together pursue gentleness and meekness, patience and humility, speaking to one another in love so that we can reflect the face of Christ. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for church, that which is beautiful and broken. And God, we ask that you would be with us so that we can reflect your face in all that we do as a community of faith. We ask these things in your name. Amen.